successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the sharing pens and from there they will go to the slaughter and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheeple in front of them. And welcome to Beard and Brain Podcast, where the beard gets weird. Welcome to 2021, everyone. Um, it has been some some time since we have had a podcast, and um, I found that it to be healthy and um, beneficial for us to kind of take a small hiatus during the holiday season as things ramp up politically um, and also in the home life, and um, and to, with the decision to reconvene after the first of the year. Uh, today's January 6th. As always, with me is my hetero life mate, Joel Hinton. Sup? And our guest today is Cassidy. Hola. Welcome. All right. So today um, we're going to keep it kind of short and just kind of give you guys a um, a brief, I guess, um, description of what we kind of want to do with Beard and Brain this year. And when I mean brief, I mean really brief because we just want to kind of shoot the shit. But um, we are definitely going to take Beard and Brain into some some solid directions this year. Um, more or less obscure topics that deserve more attention. Um, those obscure topics are going to be, you know, talked and bounced around by yours truly, Joel Hinton, a variety of guests, and also some staples to the show like Cassidy, Keith, and John. So, um, with all that being said, how was everybody's, uh, how was everybody's Christmas? Pretty good. And, um, to dovetail off of that, you know, uh, as of right now, we're keeping all episode, all old episodes live, but more or less, those first six odd episodes were just kind of like us experimenting, seeing like what we felt most comfortable with and what seemed to be the most valuable and relevant content and stuff that we actually like. So, you know, we're going going into this new year, we're going to be a little bit more organized, certain topics we may have discussed in other episodes that have been clusterfucks we're going to actually turn into like series and stuff like that just to keep it organized and then kind of from my understanding and Brittany you can correct me wrong but our like primary format kind of moving forward is just going to be kind of like a discussion about various odd topics or things that you see as far as you know from the other stuff we've done from the occult to theology to everything else and then, you know, having special guests with that. But anything that's going to be, like, centrally focused on anything politically or personal development-wise or anything like that is going to be individualized through series, more or less, instead of through the regular programming. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and I'll just leave it at that because, again, we're going to be getting into uh, the core of what bearded brain is going to end up being. Um, and we have a lot of stuff that we want to bring to you guys and we just want to make sure that we're packaging it up and putting a nice pretty bow on it and getting it to you guys and understandable and digestible segments. And, um, again, what Joel said is uh, hit it on the nail. So, um, 
as you guys know, today is extremely exciting, polarizing, very energetic. Um, the clouds theoretically have opened up, and I think even more than um, just the entire world, I think the entire cosmos, all the gods from the sea gods to the gods that nobody even remembers um, are, are shining a light on the, the political system that is the United States. Um, and we're a kind of a mixed bunch here too. Um, I don't think I, and I, I'm speaking from, from my perspective, but you guys may agree. I don't think any of us here a hundred percent agree on the same topics politically, although we do have a lot in common. I don't think, I think it's pretty unbiased here from our standpoints. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm more of a troll than anything else. Yeah, I think I'm probably so. I try to lean in the middle, and I try to stay as central as I can. Um, I get a little rowdy, um, and I love a good mystery. Um, but I'm a sucker for equality. Um, I believe in quality to the core, and I also like really fringy kind of. Uh, I'll admit it, conspiracy-ish stuff because um, um, cons are out there, and them conspiring with multiple people or other cons is not an outlandish thought. Um, but again, I like to keep things factual for BXP purposes. Um, we'll go into theory and maybe bounce around some other things here and there, but um, I think I'm, I try to stay somewhere in the middle. And Cassidy, I know that you definitely bring a different eye and a different viewpoint and a whole lot of knowledge that I don't possess to the table. So um, thank you for being here. Yeah, man. Uh, I would classify myself as a socially liberal, fiscally conservative person. I don't ride any party lines or bow down to any political figures. Um, I guess you could you could classify that as a leftist if you want. Um, as far as what's going on right now, I'm uh, I completely disagree with the with the sentiments of the people that are doing it. But as far as the actions that are taking place, I see no issues with it. <laughs> um, if you're if you're angry at the government, the the politicians should be should fear the people. They should they should be scared, and they should think about that in the laws that they make uh, and the effects that that's going to have on the major population. So when when there's people in there banging on the doors demanding something, although I completely disagree with what they're demanding, I, I'm I'm okay with the actions that are being taken. I um I agree with you on that as the approach you're taking with it. Um, I I felt the same sentiment for the Black Lives Matter crews here in uh, Louisville, specifically the Breonna Taylor incidents um, that happened over the summer. I definitely sympathize with that crew. I'm not a big fan of I I won't even say riots, but looting. You know, when you start to damage intellectual property or even physical property and businesses of other people. I'm not a big fan of that. You're hurting somebody else's family, their li um, their livelihood, their, you know, that's their life. Um, but again, I back a hundred percent back all those folks down there and um, may not a hundred percent agree with maybe the organization head members and their statements, but I, uh, you know, I support a world where BLM um, exist and I support a world where they can go down there and express their frustrations and their rights the same way that I would like to as well. So I'm definitely in, a, in agreement with you on that. Um, maybe being for them being there, um, but maybe not exactly the message. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all on the same boat as that. I mean, you know, 
they have the right to do what they do. The only, I guess, differences in my opinion, as far as like the criticism of the behavior is like, like I was fairly critical of the BLM protests and stuff like that. But my reasoning has always been like, I've all been all about riots and, you know, protest stuff like that. It's so punk in me, but you know, my whole sentiment is don't mess with private property. Fuck with banks and government buildings as much as you want. And that's, that was the only like real difference between like what we saw over the summer as opposed to today. Well, um, with all that being said, guys, did you all have a chance? I know that we all hold jobs and we all had to be at work today. Um, but did you guys have a chance to kind of tune in at maybe noon or say one o'clock Eastern time? Um, when all this was going on, did you guys tune in at the start of it? I've been watching it all day, man. <laughs> What about I guess people? I'm the only one that hasn't. Like, I got, I don't even remember, my buddy, uh, my buddy in the Telegram group reached out around, like, I don't know, 2 o'clock or so, and then that's when I kind of started seeing the feed through there, and then another friend texted me, but I was kind of late to the game, and I think I've put a total of 20 minutes of taking the time to look into it as the whole day. Well, I think um, my, I'll direct my questions mainly towards Cassidy, but if you have anything, um, definitely throw it out there. Um, but we'll kind of catch you up on uh, what I saw, and maybe Cassidy will chime in on some things that he saw early on since we both kind of watched the majority of it. But uh, the second, I mean, I would say I caught all of, I didn't listen to all of it, but I caught and had playing all of Trump's little speech beforehand, I guess. Not sure where he was because I was working um, and I didn't really get to read like comments and stuff. But Trump had a really long speech of him coming out there and basically giving the same spiel he has been about election fraud and uh, how I guess the procedures were wrong on who actually can do what as far as changing the procedures of the election, how long the election goes, uh, when they cut people off or, or whatnot. I don't want to get too technical into it um, without butchering. I don't have any notes here in front of me. Um, but I do remember right after um, Trump was basically finishing up his speech, everybody starts walking into um, the Capitol. And there, I want, whenever I saw Pence kind of rolling up, that's when I wanted to uh, kind of switch footage. So I have a little blackout for a little bit while I'm switching YouTube feeds to get, a, get to like a C-SPAN coverage to where it's not just Trump talking or a split screen from a YouTube streamer. But I noticed early on it was pretty procedural, you know, business as usual. And uh, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, they were, uh, Cassidy, I was um, watching early on. Oh yeah. I was watching when they were, uh, I guess, starting the procedure of tallying the votes uh, when, or when people were speaking out, I guess the congressmen were speaking out uh, and they were uh, rejecting the Arizona electoral count i think um and yeah i mean i didn't i didn't really know what was going on until i was able until the you know they cut to the outside because i wasn't watching the protest until things started started ramping up a little bit but uh yeah it looks like the the police presence there was super minimal and that seems just like another <laughs> it was either it was either purposeful or just a complete lack of planning because i mean this has been broadcasted for weeks that we all knew that it was going to be a some sort of big display down there today. 
Um, it looks like they, they had very minimal police presence. They weren't really looking for anything to happen. And, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't a fight for them to get into the, into the Capitol building when they started going into, I guess, when they started locking down the congressional chamber, it was, uh, there was like eight cops out front and people just pushed right through. So you'd think, you'd think the government building on a day like this would, uh, would have a little bit more presence of force, but who knows? So I will note on that, um, so there was a lot more police leading up to the event that at least I'm aware of. Um, Cause there was like barricades set up and like, they were trying to like kind of separate some of the protesters and stuff and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, once they got to the Capitol, it's kind of wide open and you know, it, it's either super, super coincidental because governments are kind of dumb and just in general and it would have probably, I guess my thoughts are if you had a bunch of police at there at the beginning, maybe that might think, make things more insightful. I don't know, but the co- what I'm getting at is the coverage of itself makes it seem worse than it was as far as like minimal police-wise. I think that it was probably, now this is me, this is Britain speaking, I think it was intentional. There's no way, I, from what I saw, there wasn't a lot of police. Now, again, I didn't watch the crowd like outside while they were doing the counts or whatever, walking in. But if there was just, you know, a handful amount of officers there, that is poor planning in my opinion. Now I'm not going to say like it was done on purpose so that they could get in or anything like that. And now I think that there's probably more cops around than what you could have seen maybe. Um, But again, I think that if they were easily be, because to me it looked like, they they start talking about what Alaska and then Alabama and then it gets down to Arizona and that's when shit like halted that count can stop to continue and they started cracking into Arizona they started giving out like the rules and regulations or whatever on how they're gonna carry that out and the fact that you know you get to stand up you have five minutes and uh, I think after you speak you can't speak again and you get like two hours of the back and forth shit before they move on after deciding in their own chambers, like what state or, you know, who gets that state. And then they go on again. And from my understanding, this is going to happen another fucking six times. But I didn't notice what I was thinking now that that I'm thinking about is when I was watching the Trump speech, he was getting everybody kind of riled up outside. And I'm not, again, I don't know where he was, but he was getting people riled up outside. And he mentioned, how he knows that people here soon, when he when they're done here, they're going to walk across the street. So they're going to go over there or whatever. So I know they were hyped, and I guess the amount of time it took for them to walk over was about the amount of time it took for them to get through the first couple states. So I'm sure as soon as they, the crowd got there, they just kind of walked in. So maybe they weren't ready for it or something, and the cops were there, just not in the right position. Because it looked like to me... Like all of a sudden there were some outbursts within the chamber. I thought it was a congressman because he was like, are you going to get, you know, the last guy that was talking, he was like, are you going to get the, you know, the room in order or whatever. And then it seemed like they escorted somebody out. And then right then they decided to go on a recess. And that's when shit was kind of hitting the fan, I guess. Yeah. Everybody at that, started I think slowly at that coming point, in they- and then they started moving shit out of the way. I think at that point, they already had people outside of the chamber, like literally outside the doors when they still had, uh, when they still had the Congress people in there. 
I thought that was pretty funny that they waited that long to move. They waited until the building was actually breached to uh, to remove all those people and move them to a secure location. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I guess you kind of have to. I mean, you got to keep doing your thing. And I, they, I don't know. Do you think the people inside doing all this, all the senators and uh, representatives, thought there was a possibility that they would come in? Oh no, I it, not on them at all. They have they have no idea what's going on. I'm just talking about whoever's running that security detail <laughs> waits until you know the front door of the building's breached in order to remove those guys. Not like they they don't know that there's you know fifty thousand right. people outside or however many people are there. Right. I mean, I definitely think that you know that was kind of a setup kind of deal. Just the whole situation almost kind of screams like an owl type situation and. I mean, there was more cops there, definitely. Like I've seen, I've seen like footage and stuff of it. But at the Capitol at that time, like it was just, as you said, like the security detail was just extremely lacked and was almost non-existent as far as it's more or less just having presence there that were like several hundred yards and like a couple blocks away from where everybody was in the at the Capitol. And you know, it was just kind of coincidental too that. Like Trump's rallying private basically like march to the Capitol and then everybody gets riled up in that long walk and then there's those few assholes and then group thing follows suit. And I mean you've got yeah. every single uh, member on. of Congress in the House in one building at the same time. I mean, if you talk about yeah. something like a time that something bad can happen, but forget about the people outside. I mean, you should have all hands on deck as far as their security goes, because if something pops off, then you lost most of the government. Right. No, you're absolutely right on that. Yeah, it's pretty reckless. <laughs> it seemed to be kind of chill at first, though. I mean, they were all kind of walking through, and then they started moving the uh, the little with the little bank separators, the little bank teller lines, yeah, or yeah. whatever you know, the little metal ropes and shit. They started like moving those out of the way and then like that turned into another thing. And then the shit just kind of escalated from there. I mean, I'm not saying if there were businesses around that they wouldn't be like breaking into them, but I mean, it was pretty wild. I thoroughly enjoyed, I don't know if you heard any of it, but I mean, there were, there was a couple of congressmen that called into, I think it was NBC I was watching and I mean, they were scared. They were shaking and they, you know, some said they were barricaded in their offices or whatnot. And I, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that because, I mean, these are these are people that are untouched, or at least they think they're untouchable. So, I mean, for there finally to be an instance when, you know, they have to actually face constituents in a manner where they're not in control, I, I was pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you, too. I, I don't think it may be enough to, you know, overturn an election or anything like that, but it is kind of good to remind them that there is power in numbers and that, you know, we live a different world. than. Well, I mean, that's exactly what the founding fathers wanted. Well, I still think that the constitution gets stepped on a lot. And I still hold the belief that DC being one of the city uh, states, the three city states and basically being sovereign ground and not operating or giving a fuck about the constitution. In my opinion, that is my belief that they don't like the courts don't really have to uphold a lot of the constitution and i guess i mean drop biden and trump you know fuck the election if biden gets in there he does but for elections going forward what does it mean 
that, you know, like both ways, I'm looking at this both ways. Like if Pence was just like, no, nah, I'm taking these guys, the, all these states out here and these electors don't count. That's huge. Like that's different. That's something that I don't think has ever happened before. Um, and then even on the other side, if Biden does get in and just so happen, the stuff they are saying is true about the governors and the courts changing the laws when the constitution states that they don't change the law when it comes to the election, that what is it? The state legislature does the legislators, which I'm sure that's a lot of fucking text to go through and a lot of fine lines. And I'm not a lawyer and I'm not an expert here and not claim to be, but I think both of those scenarios are extreme and huge. And regardless of who you're pulling for voted for, what your interest is, is extremely polarizing and, I'm. I don't know what the fuck to to think. Did you Did you happen to catch McConnell's speech earlier? I did, and it seems like he is not in agreement with Trump, and that it, he is I, trying to move forward. Which fuck him. I don't like him. See, I I can't stand McConnell. I I hate him more than basically anyone on this earth. I think he's an evil person. But I I mean to say that. To say that if they allow this to go down, if they allow the uh, Congress to overthrow the votes of the people or the electors, then you are you will send democracy into a tailspin. What little we have left, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, that's absolutely true. If right. you if you allow if you allow government officials to overturn the will of the people, then you you have nothing even resembling a democracy or republic left. You're you're done. Right. But also, if there is a problem with the courts in this country, if they're corrupt, if judges are paid off or if people have leverage on them, you know, that judge went to Epstein Island. This one went to the place out at the ranch, yada, yada, yada. You know, if that thing I'm not saying it does, but if those things are happening, then I could see it possible getting snubbed out on a lot of different court cases for things here and there. Who knows? Um, Right. And and I I, I I do agree with you on precedent that sets for the future and i'm not really willing to gamble with that in my family and my kids and my future generation and i could see if we're if we were talking a single like a single judge that i i I can i can get on board with with questioning you know a judge or a few judges or but when you're talking like 30 34 judges that are in agreement and many of whom were appointed by the right these are republican judges i mean are saying that that these sort of things are unconstitutional with no merit, then I, I tend to be I tend to be more in agreement. When it's not when it's not a single person, when it's you know dozens of people, then I, I think it's a lot harder to hold a conspiracy together. It, it's it's a lot easier when you have five people or ten people. No, I absolutely agree with you on that. I mean, I think what could have dimmed down this particular situation is. That, I've said that all along. That can, to me, conspiracy theories are bullshit because anybody who's ever had to manage people before knows it's impossible once you get up to like five or six people. And I think that with that, because you had you know essentially half the country that was so like diehard and was into like the hardcore kind of neoconservative Kool Aid, I guess that they probably should at least put a little bit more effort into the court cases themselves. Even if they still came to the same ruling, but that way you could at least, like, I don't know. They didn't do a good job of explaining the undeniable evidence to 
the 74 million voters. And that's where tensions kind of just kept raising and raising because there's no real attention to it. As far as like coverage was from a clickbait standpoint in the major media cycle, it was just, nope, there's nothing. Judges decided on it. And then all this other information going out there. So I think if they would have done a little bit more with that, they could have avoided today's type of situation more. Did you all get a chance uh, to listen to that the phone call with the Secretary of State in Georgia and those lawyers? You know, Trump, the big one. Dude, that's hilarious. Uh, I, I I mean, I went through the whole thing. I because I I didn't want to I didn't want to you know be told what was said by a news network. So I, I did. I listened to the whole thing. It was hard to listen to. Um, but I mean, right they're, they're, they're asked over and over. I mean, that Trump with his lawyers has asked time and time again for, for, to provide anything because the Georgia secretary of state rightly so says that they're provided with no evidence of voter fraud and, and, and they can be assured by Trump over and over again that there is, but all they're saying is give us the files that you're looking at because we have nothing. And, and that's a Republican. No, I get that. But I mean, from a standpoint on information that was given to the general public and over <laughs> mass media and stuff like that, information was very vague, clickbaity, and non-informational. And I think that, you know, fuels a lot of the fire and these kind of diehard people. And that kind of led even further into this. I'm just saying that the least, you know, look at it, give them some type of evidence, look into the things that they were, you know, complaining about, then maybe the public would have reacted a little differently today. But, I mean, do you really think there's anything that could have been said that would, like, satiate them? Well, I mean, like, so they could have gone into some more information about Dominion and stuff like that. I mean, they're pretty much finished anyways. Um, you know, the handful of, even when they were, like, interviewing and had, like, the people testifying against it and stuff like that, that wasn't real public. I mean, that was, there was, like, one news station really covering at a time, or, like, Newsmax or something stupid. I mean, yeah, that was a shit show in itself. I had that girl that you could have sworn was an SNL actress on there. <laughs> Dude, that bitch was hilarious. Um, but, I mean, like, what I'm getting at is I'm not, like, disagreeing in that whole idea or that there, the information wasn't there and it was warranted, but more or less that the media did a very poor job at trying to, you know, touch the hearts and minds of the 72 million losers, more or less. But don't I mean, don't you think without without a concession from Trump that I don't I don't think they would believe it from anyone else, no matter what was said from who, unless it came from Trump. I honestly don't know that. I mean, think of it like this. Had it been reversed, you know, the Democrats would have just been fighting just as much. And do you think it would take simply just Biden saying that, okay, I'm done, this is this, to end it all? Well, I don't think people follow Biden the way they follow Trump. Well, I'm I, just think, talking- I think Trump is more of a, more of a standalone character, whereas I think, it, I think the followers are a lot more uh, committed to Trump as a person than, say, the left is to Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden is just a, a coincidental figure who happens to be, you know, 
the candidate at this time, but I don't think he he's he doesn't have a following the way that Trump does. Well, I'm taking it out of the standard uh, of like vice president. even taking the party out. You're really looking at an entire populace it's down the middle. You have the right populace, you have the left populace, and then you have the establishment. This is literally what it is. So from a populist standpoint, you have literally half of them, 72, 74 million people who are basically just getting saying, no, there's no evidence. And then, you know, their group that they're following behind saying, yes, there is evidence. And the media wasn't covering it correctly, in my opinion. They did it very poorly because instead of just like really being, I know it's opinion news, that's what sells, but it was completely biased. So all you're doing is pissing off the populace even more. Okay. The last, the last thing I'll say about it is that, the, I mean, it just goes with, with any law case. I mean, the burden of proof lies on the one who's making the accusation. Like if, you know, if I say there's a dragon that comes in my room every night, it's not on you to prove that there isn't. It's on me to prove that there is. You know what I mean? No, I get it. I'm just, I'm just saying it wasn't handled. It was handled very poorly. I think things like this are avoidable. Did you guys see the little outburst of uh, the John Fetter guy, John Fetterman, John Fetter him, whatever his name is? I think it happened yesterday, but they like removed this guy and they were uh, they were taking votes like right then to like get him out of there in front of him. And he's like throwing a fit. Have y'all seen this? I don't know who that is. No. <laughs> I didn't know who it was until I saw this shit, dude. But apparently, uh, I don't know who the hell this guy is. But you got to go back and look up John Fetterman as they're getting rid of this guy. It was on Tuesday, but he's like, he's like super pissed and like saying, "This is you know, it's an atrocity that you guys are throwing me out or whatever." And then he's like, "No, no, <laughs> dude, it's hilarious." You Lieutenant Governor John it. Fetterman. I've not heard yes, of that dude. <laughs> His little outburst while they all like agreed to vote him out <laughs> <laughs> was fucking no, hilarious. <laughs> it is, it's gold, dude. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, uh, curfew has been enacted, so uh, the guards out there rounding people up, moving everybody out of there. I think the police have been kind of clearing people out. And from what I can see, there's not a lot of people really out causing anything. So uh, when are they supposed to go back in session tomorrow? I thought that they had to keep going today, but I don't know. I thought they had to start today. Like it's in the constitution or something. Well, are we going to be able to watch it or do we like that little outburst like, fuck us? <laughs> no bedtime for you. So now Biden just came out and said, at this hour, our democracy is under unprecedented assault, unlike anything we've seen in modern times, an assault on the <laughs> of liberty, the capital itself. God, if we if we had a count on what? how many times and things have been said to be unprecedented this year, <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing that word. I get this shit in fucking emails. Like, how are you doing in these unprecedented times? Oh, yeah. I'm tired of hearing that shit. Please give us some precedented times. 
<laughs> yes, I want to somebody like shower me in precedence, <laughs> like Trump's little fucking misspell. <laughs> oh god, somebody shower me in precedence, please. Oh man, well, you guys want to go on and close this out, Joe? You got time still, or? Yeah, I mean, I can close it at the very least. You guys can keep going if you want. Cassidy, you got anything else you want to go through? Uh, no, you just got to wait and see how this plays out. Yeah, I would be kind of interested to watch them get back in session and start doing, you know, the cracking into the fucking whole thing. But what, Well, what I was thinking is if they're going to object to, you know, every state, then and it and I think they get two hours of deliberation per state. This might be like a forty-eight hour thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking at first too when I read that. It's like, man, like. But from my understanding, I think they're only doing like those five swing states or some shit. Yeah, okay. it's still to take forever though. Yeah, at least <laughs> that's what Ted Cruz had said in something I was reading earlier today. Bro, I just seen on TV where they somebody like vandalized one of the doors. It said "Murder the Media." That's hilarious. What is that? What? What? So that's hilarious. (laughs) Murder the media. So original. It's pretty specific. (laughs) Not like end the media (laughs) or like defund or stop watching specifically murder (laughs) some fucking Dylan Ruth bullshit stab the media (laughs) oh shit how much y'all want to bet it goes crazy another day and then Trump finally concedes and then like comes back with us we're coming back greater than ever in four years with Eric or his son or some shit no man, Trump's never gonna concede. I don't know, man. Oh, it better not be Eric. That'd be awful. I mean, you're probably right. Like, what It'd would be... be the point at this point? Like, you're already there. <laughs> like, we you pushed this out so long, you might as well carry it on for the next fifteen days. Yeah, but I mean, like, how far do you take it? I mean, like, you, like his literally only option would seem to be like, I'm gonna leave the nineteenth at eleven fifty nine p.m. And just <laughs> pound for the next like six months to a year, and then come out with some crazy memoir exposing a bunch of bullshit secrets, and then some true, but the bullshit make the news, and blah 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 blah. Same thing. I don't know, man. I think he's gonna like tear up the drywall and put concrete in the toilets and stuff. <laughs> That'd be a lot. <laughs> that is messed up. Oh god. If that happens, I have faith in twenty one. Or, like, try and walk out with, like, a portrait of George Washington. <laughs> he's got shit on the desk. When he right, leaves. he has, like, one of the, like, Lincoln's fucking portrait with him. With him. What if they have to wheel him out on a two-wheeled truck? No, no dude, they're, pro- they're probably like, what's that under your shirt? He's like, nothing. <laughs> Is that the George Washington from the Oval Office? No. <laughs> You're fired. He's like, no, this is my copy. There were two. <laughs> there were two. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <clears throat> I kind of want them to just sit there so they have to run them out. Um, did you guys know that in the omnibus of the coronavirus relief fund that they snuck in a 180-day timeline? Really? 
I don't think anybody. There's no. There's no damn way anybody read that fucking fifty four hundred page article. Oh no, they did in a day, and they they snuck in a hundred eighty day timeline for the government. I don't forget what part to write like the defense agencies a uh, a summary <clears throat> on all the unidentified aerial phenomenon. Oh, I did read something on like that. Yeah, you heard this, Cassidy? No, I haven't heard that. Yeah, they basically told the, the NSA and the NASA that they had to release the documentation within six months or something, right? Yeah, 180 days from the signing of that bill um, that went in effect that got us 600 bucks. A lousy 600 bucks at that, too. Well, <laughs> fuck you, money. But anyways, uh, <clears throat> this is probably going to be all them damn German... Alien. Well, it's all those, like, saucers and shit, so I think it's linking up all the... Um, like the, uh, what is it, uh, Battle of Los Angeles and all that crazy shit with the Tic Tac uh, UFO and all that. It, it's probably ending up going to be some like New Age German um, anti-gravity saucers. But but back then, what they'll probably tell us and release is like all the old primitive shit that were actually like man, jet engines and all the different inboard, outboard engines and just different shit that ended up being like you know, post-World War II or even during the war that, you know, even though they didn't show a lot of it off, they may have used it like once or, or twice or so and, yeah. you know, realized they're completely outnumbered and fucked anyway. So why why, sh- why give away stuff that you know they don't have? And I think even Hitler had some weird little rules to where he wouldn't use or didn't believe in using weapons that they didn't already have the opposite or anti-weapon to or some shit. I don't know. I'm no expert, but. Apparently, in 180 days, they have to submit a report. That report comes to the people. Oh, man. They're going to talk about some old German shit and probably how they went to Antarctica. So is that going on like the Freedom of Information Act type thing? I would assume so. It'll probably be FOIA, yeah, and on a bunch of different websites, like maybe Black Vault or something. I wonder if they signed that, and then they were like, oh, shit. No, I saw that it was the New York Post. Well, they said that uh, Trump wanted to uh, come out with all the shit anyways, like all the UFO stuff. He wanted to be out with it, but apparently it's just like the Germans, the Nazis, like way ahead of us. And apparently it, it, Makes sense. it ties in some like moon shit too, where like they went to the moon way before us. And Someone needs to be protecting Bob Lazar at all costs. It hints on like why we have a space force, not because of like that shit, but also to get this Wi-Fi network shit up off the ground to blanket. You know, the you want to get that before China. Or we do, at least. So I think that's the whole point of the... I just imagine the space force training all the time. I just can't, the only thing I can imagine Space Force doing is just like weird PT shit and then shooting that weird ass gun they've been issued. Well, somebody that claimed that they were going to have a logo change and it did also claimed that they were going to be reclassified into a different part of the military. What are they in the uh, Air Force right now? They're going to be taken out of the Air Force and being moved into a part of the Navy. But that, I don't think that is yet to happen and, and who knows if it will. Postal workers are like, we're the real fifth uniform service. But anyways, I found that extremely crazy that, you know, among a bunch of other weird piracy laws and shit, they snuck in a, a fucking 180-day timeline for them to, to create a report and release it. Wild, huh? Nancy's. Like you said, Cassidy, in the next five years. 
It's going to be yeah, wild. Got it. Let's let shit hit the fan. All right, fellas. Well, I'm out of here. Awesome. Yeah, we can go ahead and call it a, a call it an episode. Thank you all for joining in with us, and uh, happy 2021. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have more stuff and more content coming your way on Beard and Brain Podcast. Bye, bitches. Peace. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order. An order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision.